Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. Hello everybody, you're listening to Audiobookish. My name is Fahed Rahman and as always I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we're discussing the final two books on the Week Junior Book Awards shortlist for the Children's Audiobook of the Year. And we'll be discussing Space Boy by David Walliams and Real Pigeons Books 1-3 to by Andrew McDonald and Ben Wood. The first of those titles we're going to be reviewing is Space Boy by David Williams, as narrated by Akia Henry, Reginald D. Hunter, Eric Myers, Penelope Rawlins, Lisa Ross, and by David Williams. And I'll read out the blurb for that. America, the 1960s, stuck on a remote farm with her awful aunt, 12-year-old orphan Ruth, spends every night gazing at the stars, dreaming of adventure. One night, she spots a flying saucer blazing across the sky before crash landing in a field. When the spaceship opens and reveals a mysterious alien, all Ruth's dreams come true. But does this visitor from another planet have a giant secret? Okay, so what were your kind of initial impressions of this one, Poppy? Yeah, so I'm not the biggest David Williams fan or biggest fans of his books and stuff like that. Um, so didn't expect that I'd love this. And maybe that's also coloured how I felt about it. Um, and I, I thought it was okay, but didn't love it. And this one has got, uh, as you saw there with the list of narrators, obviously, it's got a big cast of lots of different voices. It definitely employs sound effects in there. You know, there's been a lot put into this. Sort of less like we've had for some where that's to make it immersive. And I think it's more just to kind of pack in the entertainment in there as much as possible, you know. Um, it's all about the effects and the excitement and the intrigue and things like that, which I think overall is done quite well. 
I thought some of the voices were a bit annoying, um, potentially by design. So like the, you know, nasty grandma has a really horrible, annoying voice, but I think she's supposed to kind of thing. But yeah, even like Ruth's grated on me a little. But I have to say that David Williams is a fantastic performer and his narration parts are really well done and extremely engaging and stuff like that. So yeah, I think kind of initial slash overall impressions is that I thought it was pretty good. I thought there was a lot of stuff put into it that really adds value to it, makes it a great audio experience. But yeah, not going to be one of my new absolute favourites. What about you? I I think I feel pretty similar maybe mm. slightly less positive i think right yeah you know, to start kind of start off with the, the positive yeah aspects i think the sound design in the book is absolutely fantastic there's lots of musical flourishes um sound yeah. effects stuff like that that really do add to the story and again i agree with you david williams i think overall n- narrates the book really well it's his material he's a mm. fantastic comic performer but you know the story didn't really grab me kind yeah. of for some reason so both this and you know the other book that we're going to be discussing real pigeons are kind of like they use a lot of like silly humor mm-hmm. um and stuff like that for some reason the silly humor in space boy didn't work as well as the silly humor in real pigeons mm-hmm. and kind of listening to them both so kind of like close together kind of really made that um juxtaposition that that comparison mm-hmm. quite obvious Again, I think I would agree with you. Some of the vocal performances, you could kind of tell it was maybe like a British person putting on an American accent. Right. Yeah, sometimes um, you could kind of tell that was happening. Um, But yeah, again, kind of, it was all right. I can't say it was like a bad book, but it didn't Mm -hmm. grab me like some of the other books on the shortlist that we've um, listened to. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm not going to turn around and tell people they absolutely should not listen to this. It's terrible or anything like that. Not at all. But I'm also going to struggle to actively, like, recommend it. Um, Like you say, the story isn't really grabbing. It didn't really have anything particular to it. I thought some of it, certainly later on, was quite predictable, as in, like, this big secret. It doesn't really feel like a big secret, I'll be honest, as you're listening to it. Um, And I think if you want a kind of alien encounter story with a kid who's being looked after by someone who treats them nastily, then one of my favourite audiobooks, The Invisible Boy by Sally Gardner, is a much better (laughs) example uh, and a much better one for you to go for, in my personal opinion, um, than this. Yeah, there wasn't really much to the story that was particularly engaging, I don't think, or memorable, or potentially memorable in a bad way. So what was with the potential redemption arc for a Nazi doctor? Um, yeah, not, that was a bit. That was an odd. Yeah, like, I'm decision. not so comfortable with that. I'll yeah. be honest. Um, was a very weird one. So yeah, story wasn't really great for me. The character performances I didn't really love. But part of that is just kind of like I personally found them annoying, and a lot of people, and maybe a lot of kids, wouldn't. But yes, like you said, sound design really fantastic. Uh, there were some particular parts that I thought were good. There was kind of a when they show the alien a Welcome to Earth film and it's kind of like an old 
actual film projector, you know, click, 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 click kind of thing and fuzzy sounds and stuff like that that I thought was really good. They put a sound effect on for Space Boy, who has this helmet on that really kind of distorts the voice. And a bit like I'd said for Natural Wonders of the World, I think that crossed over into making it hard to understand, um, potentially, mm-hmm. and certainly depending on how and when you're listening to it through what speakers and things like that, maybe makes that a bit unaccessible and went a bit far but overall I did like how the sound effects were used I don't think I really noted down like I have with some others that I felt a certain sound effect was jarring and didn't fit and stuff like that it seems like it was done really well overall and similarly a nice audiobook thing I liked how there's a bit where it's examples of news headlines from the area and they had different Mm -hmm. voices reading them out so it really did feel like they'd been cut from newscasts across you know years you know there were all different examples all kind of spliced together that i thought was really good so yeah there's a definitely a lot of good audio stuff in there to make it this exciting audiobook experience but some of it maybe in the style that doesn't appeal to me and yeah the story unfortunately not behind it to back it up okay so let's um let's talk a little bit kind of about the story well one of our main protagonists is ruth she's a young girl that lives in the united states She's an orphan. She lives with a rather um, mean-spirited auntie. She's got a dog called Yuri. She's absolutely um, space, you know, space and science fiction kind of like mad. She wants to kind of get out of the situation that she's in. And, you know, this incident that happens where, uh, you know, a, a flying saucer crash lands on a farmland seems to be just the opportunity she's kind of like looking for to kind of, you know, explore the the wider world and get out from the situation that she is in so that's kind of like i wouldn't say it's a common setup but it's kind of not an unfamiliar setup in kind of children's Mm -hmm. book you know a child looking to looking for something to kind of escape the bad situation that they're in how did you feel about how kind of david built the world in which the story was kind of set up and you had the choice of making it in like the 1950s and stuff like that yeah i mean it's partly because he wanted to make it set in this kind of space race time you have americans against russians thing i think maybe it's connected to the fact that like he'll have had a lot more experience of cold war tensions kind of things than i will have you know and Mm -hmm. that the kids of the age that he's pitching this at will have um so that's maybe a bit of an odd thing and then yeah a bit like you say it's a british writer but with this very american set thing and the accents are kind of like comically american whether that's on purpose or not it's like very overdone and yet it doesn't seem like that's played on really it kind of feels like it was a very straight decision to set it there and yet it's been done in a more comical caricature kind of way um so yeah a bit weird i kind of struggled to get into it and yeah didn't exactly feel like there was a ton of world building in the sense that it made me feel connected to the setting or invested in it or yeah anything like that what were your thoughts on it yeah I felt I kind of understood why you know he wanted to kind of tell a space exploration story maybe and you know the 1950s where there is this rivalry between you know Russia and the United States and that's a theme that kind of plays a little bit later on Mm-hmm. In the book, in terms of, you know, NASA and, uh, you know, stuff like that coming to the book and especially kind of towards the end, that does seem like a logical mm. decision to make to kind of set it during that era. 
especially and you, you if you when you set it during that era it kind of it also allows you to play with that uh, around with the fact that people knew a lot less back then about space yeah, than we do yeah. perhaps now which allows them to kind of get away with you know some of the sillier aspects mm-hmm. of some of the, the decisions that some of the al- adults make in the book as well so i think it was a little bit strange i mean especially the character of the president because that's obviously mm-hmm. referring to a very modern day president with yeah. orange orange skin. So I felt that was a bit of a odd decision to take that, you know, very kind of modern mm. character and placing him into this world in the, kind of like the 1950s. And I thought yeah. interesting on that in the sense that, yeah, as you say, there seemed to be some references in the writing that were very pointed. And yet I feel like they hid away from it a little bit because that wasn't an aspect of the performance for that character's dialogue you know what i mean yeah so it felt a bit like half of the book was trying to be really topical and pointed and half of the book was trying to deny you know plausible deniability (laughs) kind of thing yeah and kind of slightly building on that one of the other themes that they doesn't really develop that much is kind of the fact that uh, Ruth's hero is Yuri Gagarin, mm-hmm. you know, the first man in space, and he's a Russian and his nationality is irrelevant to her. It's just the fact that mm. he's this person that went, you know, went on and achieved this amazing thing. And there is a section later on where her patriotism is questioned about that. And she's, you know, she's questioned, oh, are you a Russian sympathizer and stuff like that? She's like, no, I'm just a massive fan of space mm. and it doesn't, you know, nationalities don't really matter to me that much. I'm kind of interested in human achievement. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, men or, you know, women and men can just, you know, achieve many of the same things. And I felt that that might've been a stronger, I, I wish he did kind of develop that theme yeah. a little bit more. And I think this is what was kind of in my brain when I said before about the whole kind of like him being closer to Cold War sentiment than we necessarily are now. Obviously, there are now definitely huge tensions with Russia and things that are going on there. But I do think that there was a much more anti-Russian sentiment in that kind of tied to patriotism kind of way during that time. And if you're from America, where I guess it may be he didn't feel the need to expand on it because to him it feels very obvious and very definite. Um, Whereas actually, you know, if you strip that back from it, it's you don't take that so much for granted and as you say that could have been an interesting thing to take further yeah so yeah i mean i think like for me the story didn't really grab me i i just felt there's a little bit more potential for to kind of i felt like everything was very like surface level silly mm. i don't think there was kind of like deeper message that he you know there's a potential to develop that in a story um a story like this that he, he didn't really go into even if it's kind of surface level silliness you can still kind of build those themes in oh definitely um yeah especially with a book you know this long it's kind of four hours long mm. i thought we could have developed that a little bit more i would say i mean i can kind of understand why it is on the shortlist because the sound design i do think is mm. pr- among the best that we've kind of had in on the shortlist so far so i can kind of see why it's there for that kind of reason alone and kind of david's performance as well but just purely based on the story i don't think i don't want to say it doesn't merit its inclusion but it's just like for me it didn't grab me the way that some of the other books did yeah no totally and i do think you know david williams gets compared a lot to kind of roll doll and you can see the influences in there you know yeah. as you said the you know nasty adult looking after them and child wants to escape in a mystical magical way very roll doll the you know meeting the president and saving people it's you know being able to 
have this amazing plan even as just a little girl um feels very kind of you know bfg sophie goes to the queen and saves from the giants you know you can see the influences but to me yeah that's what more what this book felt like it felt like you could see influences from a lot of other things you could see stories and tropes and ideas that have been used a lot and yes they've been used to make something new but it unfortunately it wasn't particularly exciting and I don't like giving negative reviews and especially not in times like this when we're you know supporting a shortlist and we've been gifted these review copies and we want to be promoting all the books on the list but yeah unfortunately just it didn't really grab me um and as I say I might have been slightly prejudiced against um, David Williams anyway not being the biggest fan of his work and going into it negatively but I wished it had won me over and it didn't really but yes as you say sound design certainly very expertly done very cleverly done, a lot thrown at it. Not really to my style, but you've got to applaud that it is very good and it is an audio experience. And I'd certainly say that, you know, if you are wanting to or needing to engage with this story, then go for the audio. You know, it's got a lot going for it. It's an exciting experience in that sense of the adaptation and the sound effects, as opposed to kind of reading it. I certainly think I would have struggled just getting through this reading it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I'd kind of agree with that. I don't think I've got any other point i mean I've, i basically agree with what you've said there um mm. i wouldn't dissuade anyone from reading it but i'd, I'd struggle mm-hmm. to recommend it um yeah as well so cool should we move on to real pigeons yes yeah, so real pigeons audiobooks one to three by andrew mcdonald and ben wood narrated by tom alexander ever wonder why pigeons always act so weird it's because they're out there chasing the bad guys and saving your butts Did you know your city is protected by a secret squad of crime-fighting pigeons? It's true! With Master of Disguise Rock Pigeon, Bendy Tumbler, Strong Frillback, and Super Finder Homie, the real pigeons will solve any mystery and fight any bad guy to keep the city safe. So what do real pigeons do? They eat danger, of course. This squad of crime-fighting feathered friends is non-stop action and non-stop laughs. In their second silly adventure, watch as they infiltrate a secret warehouse full of bottle birds and take down a truly criminal ostrich. The danger is real, and so are the pigeons. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of the blurbs from book one and book two, and yeah. we've not got the blurb for uh, for book three book there three, yeah. as, as part of the audiobook blurb. But yeah, that gives you a good taste of the pigeons. So I think we need to kind of like give a quick notice here. Rebecca Fortain, who's a friend of the podcast, was one of the people that produced this. So we just, I, th- I think it's probably good to just mention that just to kind of like uh keep it clear that you know there is a, a slight connection to the people that produced the book and to us who've uh, she was one of the first guests we had on the podcast i think it's just better to kind of put that out there at the start um kind of like one of the first things i want to say about the audiobook is that the introduction music goes unnecessarily hard it's kind of like unnecessarily epic it's like it's so extra um it's just kind of like oh what's this this is kind of like this really epic music that kind of introduces us to this ultimately very silly um in the very best way and very enjoyable mm-hmm. and very funny kind of like audio experience mm-hmm. so yeah i was just uh, i just want to kind of that that's kind of my initial impressions what were what were your first thoughts when you started listening yeah so that's very fair and because it's then followed by the very extra over-the-top narration um (laughs) and it is a style that i've been trying to pin down a description of and been practicing my imitation of and i don't think i'm going to do because it never came out the way i wanted it to (laughs) but it's sort of like movie trailer sort of voice or like like how you imagine a poster would speak um you know all these different ways it's it's very like um 
Oh, am I, I'm not going to try it. I don't know. Uh, I'll do a bit of a, like, did you know your city is protected by yeah. a secret squad of crime-fighting pigeons? It's true! Yeah. Uh, it's like that the entire time. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, you kind of saying about extra and over the top and going quite hard, it, it is that, right? Um, yeah. Because that, for such a prolonged period of time, for all of the narration parts, is a lot. Yeah. And certainly at the start, kind of... It rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit. I got a lot more into it as it went. And I even found with, you know, reading this blurb out before, trying to read it not in such an exaggerated style <laughs> yeah, actually became yeah, quite yeah. difficult for yeah. me. Um, so I can totally see why they did that. And like I say, it, it really did grow on me. But my first thought was like, this is too much. <laughs> I yeah. need this to be slightly calmer. Um, and interesting because, yeah, Tom Alexander, it's clearly not just like the way he speaks or the only voice he can do, right? Because yeah. his characters, incredible. Such different voices, different accents, every one of them. And there are a lot of characters in this, a lot of different villains that you meet across the three different books and, you know, multiple stories within those books, as well as all the squad of the real pigeons. There are so many different characters and he does them all absolutely distinctly and so impressively. So it was therefore definitely a choice for him to use this voice for the narration as opposed yeah. to it just being his voice. And yeah, it's an interesting one, maybe slightly too much for me, but I yeah. think it's nice how it does really, yeah, hype everything up, egg everything up and, and enhance that silliness kind of thing. Yeah, I think the way he narrates is absolutely straight down the line. He's taking what's happening in the book very, very seriously because when we say over the top, sometimes that might imply that they're not taking the material seriously. They're kind of like making fun. He, you know, treats what's happening in the book very, very straight down the line. Um, kind of the best comparison I could make is probably if anyone's ever watched the original TV series of um, the Powerpuff Girls and they've got a narrator right. in that and he's kind of like, in the town of Townsville. That's, <laughs> you know, that, that that's kind of like um, the sort yeah. of thing that you can kind of um, expect to hear. And I would completely you know agree with what, what you've just said about the variety of different characters he, mm. he he does and the different accents this must have been yeah he must have put so much effort into kind of preparing yeah for yeah, this yeah. role because this is not something that you could do off the top of your head no i don't think i think it m must have been kind of quite carefully planned and produced because again this also has like sound effects and musical flourishes mm -hmm. as well so yeah i'd agree with you the quality of the narration is like top 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 notch oh absolutely definitely so good and yeah it must have had you know this character is like this this is what their voice is going to be like these are all the things must have definitely read it through to get all that especially because you know it's three books worth of you know character development and stuff like that and uh you wouldn't want to get to book three and then find out there's something specific about that character that you didn't do at the start mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that so yeah definitely all really well planned out and really well done kind of connected to that uh, a great bit at the end that explains like the real pigeons that inspired the characters and you know the different species of pigeon and also just different species of animals that you come across in here and how they are connected with the you know pigeon powers or with their backstory or with their names or you know all those different things are actual you know real life um examples from nature which is really cool so yeah, another thing where all these things are tied together, you get little drops of detail in there later on that was so well thought out and clever. Uh, and even if you don't 
you know, know them because you don't know your birds that well. You then hear about them later and go, ah, yeah. oh, that was clever. Um, and now I know a bit more. So yeah. yeah, that was really cool. I think kind of the clearest possible example of that is there's one of the supervillains in... Supervillains? Maybe just bird yeah, villains. Supervillains, go on. Super, yeah, so one of the supervillains <laughs> in, the, in, in the series is an ostrich that eats rocks. Yeah. And it's like, what is this ostrich eating rocks for? What's up with that? And then they actually mm-hmm. explain, actually, ostriches, they eat rocks to kind of help them digest their food mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's kind of it does you know there is a bit of like um educational information in there as well um i, I just want to touch a little bit on like the humor so yeah in the blurb they kind of mention comparisons to like, dogman and captain underpants and i think that very much is in line i'd kind of also maybe mention things like asterisk as right. well in terms of like there's a lot of like not necessarily puns and plays on word but it's kind of very kind of like quick-witted kind of exchanges of like dialogue between the characters and kind of like jokes kind of build up on top of each other all the time so I, I really enjoyed that kind of like tone that mm-hmm. it said it, it really does because I think from what I gathered this was kind of like um maybe not like a graphic novel series but a very like heavily illustrated mm. book and I think that really does come across in the audio you can kind yeah. of get that sense of um like hectic energy coming through the audio as well so yeah which is I imagine it must be kind of like quite difficult to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So I thought it was really, uh, really great that I made the same kind of notes as you. So the like parts where you can tell it will have been an illustration with a caption or an illustration with a speech bubble or something like that in the book are done slightly differently. I think it's kind of like it's a bit quieter, maybe someone's a bit further away from the mic, and that kind of distinguished those parts that are supplementary to the story rather than being an example of what's being said as dialogue right now. Uh, And I thought that distinction was really good. And the kind of first stint of listening to it, I was like, yes, yes, it's definitely this. Um, A different stint, I didn't have headphones in and was listening to it just out on my phone speaker and actually on those parts it went a bit too quiet and I couldn't end up hearing and I think you'd have the same kind of thing like you've been talking about you know listening on the tube right you have it set at a certain Mm -hmm. volume level and then if it drops below that you might not have heard it you'd have to rewind it kind of thing so that one's a bit of a you know it has pros and cons to it I thought it was really really effective and as you're listening to it to kind of bring out those extra illustration bits so glad they weren't just cut some boring people could easily just cut those out and I'm really glad they weren't. I'm really glad they were put in there and that they were treated slightly differently to give that distinction uh, in the audio. But then yes, potentially it might make it difficult in some you know circumstances when you're listening to it. Also, like you mentioned, kind of like the different characters all talking at once and that was great. You very clearly had Tom reading the lines in every character voice and then they've layered them over the top in post. Absolutely brilliant, works so well. Fantastic. So yeah, all those kind of decisions uh, were really good on kind of adaptation again as well. You had kind of, you know, keep listening in there and things like that, making it really audio uh, that was so good. And so yes, Rebecca Fortain, as you said, um, a guest on the podcast and credited with the adaptation for this, done a fabulous job there, I think, Uh, and the producer as well on it, recording and post, absolutely fantastic. I thought as well, kind of linked to that keep listening part, there was some really fun parts. Clearly a lot of this, I think, was in the original books, given that the books were like three stories per book. 
and it has kind of a to be continued yeah. right now, uh, which I thought was fantastic. And then what I was hoping they'd do, and then they did, is the fact that because this is a bind up, the kind of to be continued at the end of a book then had a similar kind of treatment for the next bit. So there was like, and by soon, I mean right now, that I think was at one of those um, ones and the keep listening kind of thing. So I love how they did that. I love how it didn't just feel like it was a bundle for the sake of it being a bundle, for the sake of it being, you know, a longer runtime and more value for money you're buying it in audio and you know the value for money in the production of it and all that kind of jazz but it was actually like treated as a this volume is together as one volume for a reason that was really good and the stories carry on uh, like that anyway like they do naturally just in the way it's written but that's why it's so fun to listen to all three of those books together I think that is like the main word that I'll use. This, this listening to this was just a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was really enjoyable. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, giggled at some bits, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. groaned at some of the jokes that were, yeah, yeah a little bit. Oh, okay, that's yeah, you've made that gag. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I guess, but I can just imagine kind of younger listeners getting an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, of listening to this kind of um you know at bath time or over the weekend or something it's just it's, it's just really well put together the i i loved um a lot of the characters kind of like rock pigeon this kind of um mm-hmm. very kind of like earnest kind mm. of um adventurous person that wants to really do the best by his mates and do good in the world and stuff like that uh, homie being this kind of like beach bum dude that's kind of mm-hmm. like very laid back just interested in kind of eating breadcrumbs tumbler and uh frillback and um what's the name of the uh the pigeon that kind of um uh recruits rock what's his name uh, grandpower yeah as uh, yeah grandpower yeah so uh is a uh, you know his kind of like character of like a you know maybe a slightly darker history of some of the the bad guys in in the book as well, I thought it was like kind of quite interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a bit of a silly question. Which one of the the, the villains that we encountered was your was your favourite? Oh man, you're not giving me a lot of time to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a good question. I think that the one that I'm not necessarily going to name because it's a bit of a twist, but there's one that causes a lot of trouble with trying to split them up and with wanting to uh, get rid of and destroy the real pigeons and take them over and be the only crime fighter. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably my favourite. I, I think that's that's a very, very strong choice. I think, oh, my one's a bit of a spoiler as well. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of like treachery, surprising amount of treachery. So much. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so go, yeah, this is part of what I said with the kind of like the run on stories, or at least I think it connects with that. And it connects with the intensity we were saying about with the music and with the narration is that it's quick, quick, like story after story after story after connected story. And there's a new villain and there's a different villain. And then someone turns out to be a villain who wasn't a villain before. And but who's this villain? And like, there's so much going on. It's so fast paced. Even if some of the things are kind of repeated, like, you know, if you, or I think in this series already made a comparison with Scooby-Doo, but I think, yeah. yeah, there's kind of a, who's this masked villain? And then next week it's again, who's this masked villain? You know, there's a bit of repetitiveness, but not in a way that I think you dislike. I think it's uh, almost kind of a parody thing. You know, it's, it's like a paying homage to those kind of 
superhero-y, mystery, adventure stories that have, you know, these tropes of there's double crosses and yeah. there's disguises and all that, that it's just bundling them all into one string of chaotic stories um, that's, yeah, just really, really fun. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree with you about being fun. This is an absolutely fun audiobook with you giving kind of comp titles, comparisons. A very obvious one to me is Dave Pigeon, yeah. which is a book that I read when I uh, was volunteering at Seven Stories, the Children's Book Museum in Newcastle, which is fabulous, will always recommend. And yeah, I was reading a lot of books as part of that. And there were only two books from that that I loved so much that I went and bought a copy and Dave Pigeon was one of them. And until I believe May this year, they weren't in audio. And I was really interested to listen because like you said with this one, there's a lot of like illustrative stuff of how are they going to adapt that to audio that I thought would be really cool and I haven't listened to them yet but I'm excited to but certainly I can say hand on heart that all the books because I've read the rest of them in the series now are brilliant and so yeah I was nervous listening to this being like that comparison's going to be in my head. You know, it's going to have to live up to Dave Pigeon. And I don't think anything ever can um, (laughs) uh, because I love it so much, but this did a much better job than I feared it would. You know, I thought it would pale in comparison and be a, you know a budget version but it's genuinely really good it does a lot of the same things you were saying about puns in it and the you know pigeons love crumbs and cats are scary you know there's a lot of comparisons between the two but I think you don't necessarily need to see that as a bad thing I really think if you enjoy one you'll enjoy the other so I think it's a recommendation for either camp if you've liked one go and check out the other because they're very similar and very good at what they do so yeah this was really really fun and like I say I went into it worried thinking that it wouldn't be so good and I genuinely came out of it really really enjoying it yeah I mean I I think I'm quite a big fan of these books now so um, yeah yeah so I think I'd kind of agree with that as well yeah so out of the two books that we've kind of talked about I think this by far is probably our favorite of the two um and i think it's a really strong contender in the shortlist like tom's narration he's i think he's done such a difficult job what he's done here it's absolutely amazing yeah yeah i I was blown away and it's one of those ones where you listen to it and you think this can't just be one person (laughs) you know and that's just what an amazing amazing narrator that you can do that um so good also a slight thing on that was it just me or did you also think that homie's dad homer sounded just a little bit Homer Simpson-esque. Yeah, uh, just I a felt little like bit, yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was yeah. some nice inspiration and kind of, um, yeah, a nod to in that that I thought was funny that you don't get in the print version. Um, yeah. I don't know, unless maybe he's drawn <laughs> to look similar. A pigeon similarly. drawn like Homer Simpson, maybe. maybe. I don't know. You could, yeah, you could kind of see um, how, how that was. The only maybe slight criticism, and this is a very, very finickety mm-hmm. criticism I've, I've maybe got is... Um, some of the characters are female pigeons and I didn't necessarily get a strong female kind of like impression. So I think this is interesting because, yeah, I get you. There was uh, certainly one, um, I think it was uh, Tumblr the Scouse Pigeon, um, that when she was speaking and then I heard her or she, I was a bit surprised initially. And not because it was a Scouse accent, but just the voice that he'd given it. But then I actually was like, you know what? I quite like it. I quite like that 
Tom just gave a voice to these characters yeah. and he didn't go and try and over-feminize them that might have made them, you know, if he goes higher pitch, it might have made them more annoying. Yeah. If he was putting on a kind of traditionally little girl voice or something like that, um, you know, him as a male performer. And I kind of like that he didn't. And, you know, obviously females all talk and sound differently and people using she, her pronouns all talk and sound differently. And so although it surprised me, I kind of like took a step back and checked myself and was like, yeah, but you sh- you shouldn't be seeing that as a criticism kind of yeah. thing. That you know, I love the voices that they used and felt they suited the characters really well. Yeah, I think that is absolutely the main point. All the voices mm-hmm. suited the characters down to T. It's just that's very kind of like minor, mm-hmm. yeah, minor picky picky mm-hmm. thing because otherwise, like, I, it, it's virtually faultless, really. Yeah. So yeah, um, cool. Um, so I think we've been, we've kind of been waxing lyrical. Um, <laughs> about real pigeons for quite a long time now. I would firmly recommend this. I think mm-hmm. this is it's a brilliant, brilliant audio book. Yeah. Firmly deserves to be kind of like on the shortlist. And I think it's a very, very strong contender. I don't know if you've got any um, any other points you wanted to discuss or any closing thoughts? Not necessarily, no. I'm glad you loved it as well. Yeah, I was nervous with, yeah, comparisons in my head and with the very intense start. Um, but yeah, once I finished it, I was like, yeah, that was incredible. And I loved it. And I'll definitely be recommending that. So yeah, really good. Cool. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. That's the last in our series of special on the shortlist for the Week Junior Book Awards. Once again, thank you to the people responsible for the awards for getting in touch with us and giving us review copies. The winners will be announced on the second of October, so keep your eyes and ears open for the announcement of the winner. I think it's a very tight shortlist. I, I, I wouldn't. I, it's such a varied shortlist as well. It'd be it really is, tricky yeah. to, to pick a winner out of the books that we've listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can continue to support the podcast by leaving a tip in our tip jar, by leaving a rating or review wherever you've listen to this episode if you can follow us on apple podcasts that would be great as well if you want want to get in touch you can get in touch with us on social media we're at audiobookishpod just about everywhere or you can email us at audiobookishpod at gmail.com okay thank you guys let's say bye bye, bye.